Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And as usual, we have an amazing Asian guest for you today. <laughs> <laughs> but before we introduce him, let's do some Patreon shout outs, Young Me. I'm ready, Brian. Yeah, so if you guys like our content, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Young Me and I offer different subscription tiers with different exclusive benefits, but at the very minimum, any donation amount gets you a shout out on this podcast where Young Me and I guess who you are based on your name alone. And sometimes it's sexy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Young Me, are you ready to put those psychic abilities to the test now? Oh, I'm so ready, Brian. All right, so our first shout out for this podcast, one name... Her name is Trish. Trish! <laughs> Yo. Trish. Yeah, I'm going to guess Trish. Trish. <laughs> Trish sounds like a WWE wrestler name. Like, I'm going to guess that Trish is on the ground level doing the work, subverting stereotypes. She is the first China, straight from China first Chinese WWE wrestler and she's rising through the ranks of the minor leagues right now. That's Trish. <laughs> wow. What a, what an interesting <laughs> guess, Brian. Okay. It's it sounds like you specific. don't agree. <laughs> Do you think I'm off base, I, young me? I don't know. I don't, uh, I, I'm not getting that vibe. For me, I got a strong, like, like uh like ketamine vibe (laughs) (laughs) like trish is like in in college and you know she's just she's partying you know she probably went to an underground rave yeah but you know she's still getting straight a's and top of her class but on the low doing so much ketamine (laughs) ketamine at night adderall during the day that's how she gets it done and oh, she's going to be like a plastic surgeon in a few years. You know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. That's how else do you think she has the extra money to donate to our Patreon? We love you, Trish. Wrestling. <laughs> Trish. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for your donation, Trish. Our second shout out goes to Sharon Lee. Sharon Lee. Sharon Lee. I feel like I, f- I feel very like quiet, shy vibes from Sharon. That's the energy. I'm getting strong. She's very fucking scary and she's kind of a bitch in the corporate workplace, but in a good way. <laughs> she's like making huge bucks and she's a savage. No one, everyone's scared of her, but it's because she's so good at her job. I know this term gets thought- thrown around a lot, but Sharon Lee is a legit girl boss. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. I thought you were going to be like strong thighs, like a wrestler. And I was like, wow, Brian's on some weird kinky wrestler. You just want like a muscular woman to choke you out with her thighs. (laughs) Yo, why can't I have both? I want that too. (laughs) I'm going on the record and I want that. But I also want that for Sharon Lee and Trish. (laughs) Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them like to <laughs> choke out men with their thigh muscles. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sharon, please 
let us know if we're right. <laughs> um, Please, they, by DMing you. me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for supporting us on Patreon. And our last shout out for this episode goes to Jay Chan. Is Jay that your Chan? friend, Brian? Uh, Do you know this person? Well, no, what makes you? I don't know. Just because I'm Asian, I'm just friends yeah. with all Asians. <laughs> Wait, do Yo, you guys know each other? <laughs> Yo, Jay Chan, he's like one of those Asian dudes that plays piano really well, and he sings ballads, and that's how he woos women. I'm happy, mm. isn't, yeah, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting. Like he has You're- like a great voice, great singer. He's in college and. He cooks dinner for his girl and then oh. he, he whips out the keyboard and serenades them. That's what I'm getting from Jay Chan. He's the guy <laughs> that plays piano, <laughs> can start singing at every party and you're like, oh, there's Jay. Jay's singing again. <laughs> but, he's, but, but the thing is, he's really good though. So no one really minds it. He's good. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I think... When you're that musical instrument guy, if you are like the top 1% of that thing, no one really minds if you bust it out at a party because you're it's legit. Like Beyonce. Very, you're like very good. <laughs> right. Like if Beyonce did the Beyonce thing at a party, kind of attention sinking could be annoying, but it's fucking Beyonce and she's amazing. So yeah, it's just, be like, it's just good vibes yes. at a party. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> That's, that's what Jay Chan is. <laughs> Fuck I don't yeah. know. I've Jay never Chan been in a party situation. <laughs> to be honest, I've never been in a party situation where someone starts singing and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" Like that's literally my worst nightmare. Even literally, if it was literally Beyonce, I'd be like, "This is so." Now I have to sit and like look very enthusiastic while she's sit. Like, can you imagine how awkward that would be? If now, you were at a party and she started <laughs> singing in front of you and you were like in the front row and you were like, yay. <laughs> <sighs> just like keep staring at her for like 20 minutes. It's so awkward. It's like, Yo, she's still yeah. singing. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Uh, Jay Chan, keep doing your thing. Now I have to ask you, young me, if you were at a party what? and yeah. Trish busted out some ketamine and offered you some, what would your reaction be? Uh, yes. What are you, have you met me, Brian? What are you, an idiot? Could be like a fir- like a first grader's birthday party. I'd be like, fuck yeah, finally. This party is boring. Oh my God. I love it. Anyways, Jay Chan, thank you for your donations. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Once again, if you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Youngmi, I think it's time to introduce our wonderful guest this week. I'm so excited as always. I'm so excited. Guys, your guest this week is an incredibly talented musician. Please give your ears to Bohan Phoenix. Yo, 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 what's up guys? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, yo. I really hope Trish looks like the WWE character you're describing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> time. Oh, man. Oh I my do too, God. and I hope Trish slides into Brian's DMs and just Trish. crushes his little skull. DM all of us. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, did you just hear that? Yo, Young Me first gives me COVID, and then now Young Me's <laughs> wish is that I get my skull crushed by Trish's th- I think Young Me just wants me dead at this point. <laughs> Young Me just wants me dead at this point. <laughs> um, Bohan... 
our listeners don't know this, but you are wearing a leopard print fur hat. The vibes right. are so strong. <laughs> it's out of control. But really the listeners must know. That, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Before we ask you how you feel, young me, how are you feeling? Oh God, I have to go for, I just want to point out that we're doing this over Zoom because you know, now we're being very safe because I gave Brian COVID as he will never forget. Uh, apparently he's going to bring it up forever. Uh, and I mean, I'm really excited to record this podcast. Um, we had to actually cancel Bohan last week because we were sick and I was like really I was really sad because like I was really getting hyped about all these questions. You know, there's a lot of interesting things that we want to talk about. Um, how am I feeling? Well, I feel like today was the first day physically where I woke up and I, you know, I for a few seconds, I forgot that I had had COVID. So that means that I'm completely without symptoms at this point. Um, oh, let's go. So happy to hear. Thank you. Um you know, cause I was always like, oh, I'm getting a little better. I'm getting a little better. And today I'm like, yeah, now I'm like, I feel kind of normal. Past. Yes. <laughs> I survived COVID. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, we kind of touched on this last week, but there is like this, there was like a big sense of relief when I got COVID. Cause then at least I was like, oh, okay. I'm sick, but I'm not one of those. Mm. I'm not, I'm not going to need hospitalization. Right. You know, like, mm, right. <clears throat> and before, before that, I didn't know how I, how I was going to react to COVID. Like I didn't know it might hit me. And you know, like even the, it's, it's rare, but there's a chance that I might die. You know, like that's sure. really scary. When I got COVID, there was a sense of relief. And now that I'm over and I'm like, wow, I do. There is like a, like a weight that's kind of been lifted, I think. Oh and boy. So now what you're saying is these next three weeks are going to be chaotic as fuck for you. <laughs> she's saying, she's saying be grateful that she put you through the test and you survived. <laughs> and now you know, now you know, now you, now you know what you made oh my of. God. <laughs> yeah. See, Brian, no, I swear. No, he's, Brian's not done shaming me about this oh but like my I, god no, i was so scared that brian was gonna go to the hot i was like oh my god i bet brian's <laughs> like gonna go to the hospital Man, and then i'm like <sighs> but yeah so on the other side i feel relief there was this i actually wanted to talk about i know i'm sorry if this is like boring i'm killing this covid <laughs> thing but there was one thing i wanted to talk about last week which i didn't get to uh-huh. but during the height of me being extremely ill with covid like the two or three days where I felt like death. I felt like this really weird. I've I've been reading a lot about the neurological symptoms. Okay. But I felt this really weird sense of calm. Like I could, I slept for like all day long. I had zero anxiety. Mm. I would wake up and feel like smooth brain, you know, like no thoughts. Just like, I'm so jealous because that mm, is the exact opposite of my neurological (laughs) symptoms of COVID. No, I was very physically ill, but mentally, like I was very like in a trance. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I was like high and you know, I've like talked about this on the podcast before, but there was a time that I I've done heroin. It felt like that level of like, I don't know what the word is like relaxation Mm. in a weird way. It literally some, at one point I was like, am I about to die? And my body's just like, let's float away. (laughs) Like it was so like weird and I felt high. And I feel like I've never heard anyone talk about that 
symptom of COVID. So I mm. wonder if a lot of it, if you're listening to this and you've had COVID and you know what I'm talking about, please DM me. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could have like slight to do with like what you were saying earlier, how you felt like a relief that like, oh, I got it. And now this is all it is, you know, like, and you're just letting it wash over you. Right. Like, and you know, like that's true. Like a good acid trip, you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Maybe it was like psychological, like, oh, I, I got yeah. it and it seems like I'm going to live and now I can really relax or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like really wondering at one point I was just like, yeah, I feel great. You're like, like, I was the like, only one? <laughs> ah, yeah. You're like, I kind of so wanted something again. In my blood. <laughs> I've never had that, like yeah. that, like relaxing sleep in my entire life. Shit. But, um, Sucks for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's just something I wanted to touch on that I didn't touch on last week. How are you feeling, Brian? I'm feeling good. Honestly, I, I feel kind of similar to you in that, um, my body is definitely almost at a hundred percent and as corny as it sounds, I'm just feeling really, really grateful. Mm. Really. That's grateful. not corny at you all, know? baby. That's real as shit. <laughs> That's really I'm feeling shit. so, so grateful. Mm. Um, you know, this yeah. today I kind of just took a walk through my neighborhood felt the sun it's it nice out. It just feels so good to just feel healthier again. It's such a blessing. And mm. especially in light of, I'm sure you guys all heard, but yesterday that crazy Tiger Woods news and what? Tiger Woods, what happened? Yeah, Wait, what? Well, Tiger Woods got into a really serious car accident and his legs <gasps> are like totally done and he might not play golf again. I Wait, don't know, I man. didn't hear this Damn, news. Chef. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And wow. in light of like the news you read about these, you know, figure you, these figures who are these role models for you, especially in childhood. Like invincible and, looking figures yeah. too. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I touched on this when the Kobe thing happened too. And <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, after having undergone COVID and uh, feeling an improvement in my health. I'm just feeling really grateful and it makes me really excited to just live life again and yeah. just embrace it with a newfound perspective because when you're really fucking sick, man, it, mm. it really puts into focus, like just how fragile life is. And yeah. you start to think like, man, there's so many things I took for granted when I was healthy, just even being able yeah. to sleep at night so or even crazy. be able to take a nap, right. like, when I'm sick, it's the hardest fucking thing in the world to do. But yeah. when you're healthy, just being able to walk around and just not feeling anxious and have the 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 energy to do shit. Like yeah. it's all so mm -hmm. great. And I just feel so grateful. So I'm feeling good because like, you know, this whole COVID thing, I feel like I can put it behind me and it's yeah. given me this newfound appreciation for life. And I'm feeling very grateful for that. And once again, like this isn't done and, you know, going forward, we all got to wear our masks and get vaccinated and still treat this as like a very serious thing. Cause yeah. as you know, like, I don't want, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to undermine like the seriousness of what's going on just cause yeah. I feel like I've got it and I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm over it. Like right. it's something to be taken very seriously, but mm -hmm. it has definitely given me this fresh perspective that I'm looking forward to embracing going forward. So yeah, Amen, man. that's, you know, that's I, amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's just how I'm feeling. It's good vibes. Good vibes. I just want to say both of us. I like that our answers are sort of similar 
for this week, Brian, because, you know, my, my big thing is like, I believe this thing where people always think things are just bad or just good. Like if you look at getting COVID, Mm. you could see it as this thing that's just bad. Like how could anything good come from that? But I think Brian and I, like what we're feeling is like the, every big event in your life, even every little event in your life, it's like double sided. You know what I mean? It's like, you think someone's death is bad, but then there's something that you gain from that. Or like you think getting married is happy, but then that's also signifies the end of your childhood. Like there's like so many emotions whenever it's like good and bad emotions that happen with everything. So I'm really glad that we both like stated that. Yeah. uh, I love it. I mean, it also takes, that (laughs) takes, that takes experience and maturity to, to look at things that way too, though, you know, so you know, <laughs> right. for real, you um, know, it takes, you know. So it's good that I gave you COVID, right? You That's what I'm trying to Again, say. Back thank to you. All I'm trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Bohan, how are yeah. you feeling? I feel great, man. Um, you know, I'm in California now after pretty much 10 winters in New York. And, um, and yeah, I feel good about it, you know. And um, like you said, just being grateful, you know, that I'm healthy and, uh you know the car didn't break down on the highway, and yeah, I love hear I love hearing you. I love hearing you just talk about it just now, like you know. And I could see that the thing is, I could see it on y'all's faces when we have done. Y'all were just like, oh man, thank, thank, thank God. You know, what I mean, like it's like it's it's it's, it's like you said. Like every time I get sick, I'm like, I can't wait to fucking go on a run after this. I can't wait to make some food after this. You know, it's like it's little small yeah. things, you know, and it's beautiful. But yeah, I'm feeling great, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So you That's moved to LA it. recently. Yeah, I drove uh, I drove from Brooklyn to LA. Uh, oh, was, you drove? Yeah, that was that was. That was <laughs> Wait, in that car that just broke down? Yeah, that's that's probably why it broke down. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's so great that it like held on yeah. until you got to LA at least. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in LA for a month actually, and then I actually went to Vegas a couple times and back with that, and then I took it up to San Fran. Really, really tortured her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that you were you spent ten winters in New York. That's like a really good way. I feel like of saying that. Yeah, like I like I, I paid my fucking dues. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. But Let's go. Yeah. before you moved to New York and the East Coast, you're originally yeah. from China, right? Yeah. So I was born in Hubei, China, and I moved to uh, the East Coast when I was 11 years old. And I first landed in Boston and then uh, went mm-hmm. to NYU and then just stuck around New York. So you moved to New York City for college? Yeah, I basically uh, couldn't get into UMass or any of the state schools. And then uh, NYU knew I was probably going to take out loans. And I got that was my <laughs> only school I got into, fucking NYU. And uh, <laughs> my SATs yeah. was like 1,700. It was whack, you know, it was shit. And um, <laughs> my move-in day in New- NYU was actually my first day in New York. I never even been to New York. Wow. I was like... That's right. so crazy. Let's go. <laughs> that's so crazy. That yo, that's there's no stronger bond than when NYU learns about an, an international student that they can yeah, play exactly. on. They're like, let's yeah, exactly. fucking go. We're gonna make yeah. we're gonna be so rich off of this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was yeah. seventeen hundred a bad SAT score? Cause I like Remember, yeah. my SAT score was thirteen ten. So what the? Well, the thing is, seventeen hundred out of twenty four hundred. 
I think oh, like that, I think like I think when, at some point they, like, they added on it. like yeah at some point they added on like a section I like don't a, know like an essay or something right yeah I, Dude, I, I did my so college old. essay I yeah. did my, <laughs> I did my, yeah you're aging yourself there uh, <laughs> I'm like no but I mean you know I did my college essay on uh, coming over from China and they like they're like oh yeah I love your story blah 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 pay the check <laughs> you know it's like cool. and, NYU was like we love this we love this we essay. love this your tuition give is us, due in two months <laughs> give us three million dollars exactly. <laughs> precisely. precisely oh man that's crazy. So you're originally from Hubei, which is yeah. That's where like Wuhan is in that province, right? <laughs> that's right. You better be careful what you about to say, dog. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We actually, no, I was actually yeah, when yeah. we um when I was like listening to your music and like doing research about you, I was like really interested in that because we've Brian and I have talked about this on the podcast like mm. obviously we're all Asian we all present as East Asian <clears throat> we live in America we've been through this like very racist time in our life and I remember mm. like when all that stuff was first happening we, we would hear like other Asians be like oh I'm not Chinese I'm like Korean and I'm like shut the fuck up shut <laughs> yeah. the fuck up you yeah. piece of shit like you Don't think that us. a racist <laughs> you think a fucking racist ass even knows what that means you fucking right. idiot number one right. and then number two I was like I'm just gonna start telling everyone I'm from Wuhan cause it's like fuck yeah. you if you hate me you if you hate them yeah. that means you hate me and I'm gonna stand I for this that. you right, know what I right. mean that. And That's also now up. that I gave Brian COVID, I feel the shame. Of the, <laughs> you know, there's like so much weird shame with like being sick, which is so unfair. Yeah. It's like, well, it's how like can you're you the blame victim, some, but, like yeah. but you become the stigma. Yeah, yeah. Like, and who the fuck is blaming somebody that lived in Wuhan that got sick for getting sick? Yeah. What kind of fucking yeah. psycho thinks that way, you know? Right. Yeah. No, so somebody anyway. actually, somebody actually like... You know, because I say Hubei to Shanghai, like, you know, like in one of my songs, like from Hubei, like, and somebody actually saw the lyric, it's like, oh, like, are you from Wuhan? Like, oh, like, you know, like, it's, and just start asking questions, not really saying, like, oh, do you have the virus? But, like, it was like, you know, like, I was like, interesting, you know, like, um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry but I, I'm like, glad screamed you did that. over I'm glad everybody. you put Wuhan on your back. Like, that's a suck. <laughs> well, that's what I kind of was kind of curious is there's different levels to it. So, Obviously, what Youngmi touched on was just how in times of adversity like this, there can be some division even amongst Asians, you know, where mm. there's those assholes who are like, well, oh, I'm not from Wuhan. Like, I'm Korean. I'm not like that. And yeah. globally, like, it seems like, you know, for horrible reasons, people seem to condone, like, this negativity and discrimination towards people from Wuhan. and. Right. We're cur like young me and I want to know like can you speak on some of those feelings about being from Hubei and mm -hmm. like what have you been back like what's how's that impacted your life and uh, do you still have family there and stuff Yeah so actually so I was born in Hubei and um uh in a city called Yichang which is like a few hours by train from Wuhan but since 2005 2006 um you know, back in Hubei, I grew up with my grandparents in yeah. Hubei. Mm -hmm. So I shared a bed with my grandparents for the last, first 11 years. Then my grandmother passed, so it was just my grandfather. And my aunt that was close by in Chengdu didn't feel comfortable having him there by himself. So mm -hmm. he actually moved to Chengdu after after that. So pretty much when that happened, um, home became Chengdu. Mm -hmm. So in Chinese, there's a term called Lao Jia, which is the hometown. So my Lao Jia 
my old home would be Wuhan. I mean, it would be yeah. uh, Hubei, you know. Yeah. But my current home would be Chengdu. So in terms of like, in terms of um, you know, directly towards the fact that I'm I was born in Hubei and it's close to Wuhan, I actually haven't felt much of that except that one incident that I talked about, and it wasn't yeah. even mm-hmm. like, it wasn't even negative. I would say it was almost like. Just like um, curiosity driven by kind of like a ignorance of like how I'm going to feel yeah. on those questions, you know. So, you know, but I do know that like uh, my my friend in Wuhan, he has this amazing clothing brand um, that um, had um, a lot of following outside of Wuhan that even people in China were like, I'm not touching that no more you know what mm, I mean like it's like, it's like so so beyond you know like Brian said beyond like you know like having a here in between the Asian communities even within China you know yeah, people yeah. were like oh Wuhan you know like the, not all of them but that exists you know so mm-hmm. it's wow. really interesting to hear that yeah <clears throat> yeah I just feel like <sighs> Every every step of the way, somebody's gonna find somebody else to like yeah. shit on, and I just I when I right. see people doing that, I I feel like yeah. that's like the fucking worst trait in a human, you know? Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, you know. I'm I'm glad I'm glad these conversations you guys are bringing this up because people don't think about it until they hear it, you know? Like yeah. you don't even think mm-hmm. about these things until someone's like think about how that person's gonna feel. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, like, but you know, to answer, to answer Brian's question, uh, 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 kind of, I was, when the COVID just happened, I was on the subway in New York and someone pointed at me and goes, Ebola. And I just started (laughs) laughing. I'm like, that's not even the right thing, man. That is so, that's horrible, but that's so funny. It's like, they can't even get the... They can't even get the basics right. I know. <laughs> Yo. So. That is oh my so God. fucking terrible. Oh that my is God. crazy. <laughs> and you were like, how did you know I was from Hubei? <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. So you heard my song, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that that's like one of your lyrics though, but uh. that's like crazy that somebody would say that. Yeah. yeah. Man, you know what? <sighs> if people are fucking... Wrong racist to you i just feel like i feel like the instinct should people's instinct should be like standing up for each other and like seeing yourself in the person you know what i mean yeah for sure so many times they don't you know they just want to distance themselves Um, okay so you lived in china up until you were 11 you said around that time Mm -hmm. were you always musically inclined uh, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, you know, I remember my cousin, my older cousins playing like cassettes, um, you know, and the, around the house and then you hear stuff on TV, but mostly just back in those days, like, uh, any music that was popular in China, it mainly came from Hong Kong and Taiwan, mm. like yeah. the Andy Lau's and, um, and the Jay Chow's. And so I, I was uh, my my dad, who I only have met like uh, five times. Um, he was a you know in Guangzhou region. There's a lot of those bars where people like will go on stage and do cover songs, and uh, you know. So he was one of those like bar like lounge singers, and oh. uh, that's how he met my mom. So so if there is any trickle <laughs> down, it might have came from there, you know, like yeah. Um, but it wasn't until. Um, but I never really had an interest in music until I was learning English pretty much through, 
you know, watching TV and stuff, and then came across Eight Mile, and and then and then it wasn't until like Eminem's story affecting me until did I get into music. Before that, I like heard it, I liked it, but I never really tried to make sounds myself. You know. Mm. Oh. Damn. Yeah. So with Eight Mile, the movie like really inspired yeah. you on a deep level. Where that's mm. on, on where a level it kind of right now on a level that right now it can, I can only explain probably as back then it was just buried deep in my subconscious that it is like right. you know like it has such an effect. Um, yeah. So you like becoming into music? Do you think that the catalyst for that somewhat was you like moving to the states and then? You know, and that movie yeah. really speaking to you because I feel like there, there there's like similar themes in that movie. Yeah, in your life. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I tried to like you know think about what made this, what made me who I didn't speak English, what made I never heard hip hop before. Like, what drew me to that movie? You know, like, and mm. it was his. It was me coming from China where I grew up with my grandparents who were at my parents to me, and then I'm in a household with my mom. Who mm-hmm. I've never lived with, and then my to be stepfather, this like giant Swedish white guy, and like <laughs> I'm a, I'm away from all the friends that I've ever had, and I can't speak mm. to the kids my age around me now. I what what attracted to me was that he was so such an outsider, but he was able to use this music to gain a confidence and gain a place and gain friends. So I was like, that's interesting to me, and like at a very young age, I got here. In the fifth grade, beginning of sixth grade, in seventh grade, I was going to school with do rag and like, <laughs> and and like I had his like tattoos like Haley like all that on my arm and um, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like I wanted to like I, I wanted to I wanted to have the freedom that he did through the music, you know, and yeah. um, so like Yami said, that's even though me and his life was so complete opposite, but the fact that his dad wasn't there, my dad wasn't there, I'm just like I started piecing together things. Even if it was out of imagination, it was mm. piecing together things so I can feel like related. I have something I can call my own, which eventually became a hobby and like a real thing. I feel, yeah, I get the similarities for sure. And do you? I mean, and it was, like, and it was sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. And it, and it was also just like, you know, the similarities, like, but also just his storytelling was so incredible. Not only is, right, was he right. able to rhyme really good, the what really drew me to him was like his storytelling, and and that's why I like. Even to this day, most of my music is still storytelling. It's because mm-hmm. like his his story related the same emo- similar emotions of pain, of love, of like sadness, mm-hmm. th- in such a clear way that I never experienced it anywhere else. You know, I right. was like, oh wow, like this guy understands me, and like even though we, you know, we don't know nothing about nothing, right. So. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. I feel like he he does like tell a very he's more like narrative I think than other mm. rappers. Like he gets like very I don't know. Like there's like a very detailed story in every song. I feel like which draws yeah. people into him. But also I think you know this is interesting because I feel like we do you know we do this podcast for Asian people, Asian Americans, but yeah. we talk about all the time how there are like other groups of people that. I feel like that I talk to that are, are not Asians and we have very similar stories. And I think, mm. you know, like as a performer, um, like somebody like Eminem who has like that story of like being outcast or like no one really understanding you, like that mm. speaks so deeply to so many people, you know? Yeah. And like, especially yeah. like 
people that are children of immigrants and stuff like that. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so I think yeah. that's like and, a really and good at a point. young young enough age where I wasn't looking at the race thing so so like right. objectively a young enough where it was it was I wasn't questioning any of it. I was just being hit by the waves of emotions that I'm hearing his music. And right. that was like, you know, it was very pure in a way, you know. Yeah. And have you found obviously you're older now, you've you've learned a little bit more about race and all the complicated dynamics that come with it mm-hmm. and even just mm-hmm. living in America, you're not like most like you've spent a lot of time in China proper and then you've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in America and does it ever feel like it's challenging to like, convey that like your story in music so that maybe like American audiences fuck with it and then maybe people in China proper fuck with it too? Because I, guess it, I mm. guess it can, I imagine it must be challenging because your experience is yeah. so unique, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so um, definitely uh, started off rapping, you know, in English, everything starts with imitation and I was just trying to impress people with how well I can put together rhymes. Because okay. I thought that was mm-hmm. how, how you get famous. You know, you got to impress people with how you rap. And, you know, I was I did that for a long time. Graduated mm-hmm. NYU. I was still kind of doing that, hitting all the open mics. I was even like uh, standing outside Apollo Theater for like five hours to get in for the amateur night. I did that like six times. Damn. Um, and, um, and yeah, like, you know, people would be like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's cool. But nothing really stuck until... I started to kind of write my own story into the songs. And mm-hmm. then people that, uh, you know, people would mm-hmm. just hit me up, be like, yo, I feel this, I relate to this. Um, mm-hmm. And it got kind of addicting to have people to kind of like understand you in this way, you know, like, um, and so when I started writing more English and Chinese, I was like, oh, like I found my sound, you know, like mm. I, I rap in two languages now. And, you know, simultaneously, whereas like honestly, when in the past, when I was rapping only in English and blogs never gave a fuck. Now, like I'm getting a write up on Fader. Now I'm getting a write up right. on so and so. And it was like it was like everything was telling me, oh, you're doing the right thing. Keep going. I was like, I got my sound. I did a front page with Bandcamp. We even titled it like Oriental Trap or something, you know, because I, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm getting attention. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until I and then I moved to China for a couple of years because music was popping over there. It wasn't until then I realized, oh, what I was doing was exoticizing myself mm. for, for for trying to get attention, and I stepped away from the music and like I stopped storytelling because halfway through the song, now I got to switch it up to Chinese just to be exotic, just to just to be a bilingual rapper, mm. and. Um, and then when I went to China, I realized, okay, like people like me here for the novelty of the perspectives that I have, but my Chinese is not good enough to hang with the local rappers. Mm. And as much of a, like a novelty as it is that I switched between English and Chinese, they want to hear their story, you know? Mm. And so it was very interesting for me to realize that and then like kind of like dial it back and be like, okay, do I, am I, am I, Am I doing this now because I have a following and I'm and I'm like worried about which one I need to please or do I need to go back to when I first started making music and just make music? Mm. So to answer your question in a long-winded way, 
at first it was very conflicting. How do I tailor my songs? Like I have a four song EP. How do I make sure that's enough to show both sides that I'm a good rapper, but I'm also like deep, but I'm also, you know, and I realized, man, I can't. So, and now I don't even think about who's gonna listen to it or who's gonna be happy. And I'm just like, if I'm happy to show this to my friends, I'm happy with it, you know? Right. Um, but interestingly, through that journey of figuring out what kind of music I want to make, and um, I actually, you know, ended up making certain stuff like the Overseas and Three Days in Chindu and Jalas that because I thought those moments I should have been talking about my identity and that's like my, that's that's who I am in this role. Like my contribution to hip hop is to t- t- tell the story of the Overseas kids that people don't really mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah. And the idea of being too foreign for here, being too foreign for home. The fact that when mm-hmm. I'm in China, the minute I open my mouth, they know I've come from America. But yeah. over here, no matter how well I speak English, they don't look at me as American. Right. So I just stopped thinking about all that um, because it was affecting my mood and the music I wanted to make. I got really serious all the time. And I was like, I'm not that serious all the time. I'm light and real person. So now I'm just <laughs> trying to make music. And uh, and Yeah. You know, hearing your story, it's so I think this is where I relate to so many other like Asian American people, because like for us, even even if you're not like a creative, just existing is just constantly questioning, you know, like, who am I? Who like that? And um, yeah, like even when you were saying, oh, I started to like rap in Chinese and people were giving me attention for that. But then I was like, am I exoticizing myself? Like you're like constantly questioning your motives because you're like, it's so slippery, like the identity. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I think so many people relate to that feeling, but then also for me, I was like hearing your story and I was like, it sounds like there is like this journey of like finding out who you are. And like, I feel like this and I know Brian feels like this and I'm sure a lot of Asian Americans feel like this. It's like who you are is that like sort of amorphous person. That's Mm -hmm. like, it's like very like abstract kind of like you are the person Mm -hmm. that, you know, you'll go to China and you do speak fluent, um, I'm not sure. Is it Cantonese? Mandarin. 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 Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, um, (laughs) like you do speak it and like, maybe it's not good quote unquote good enough for those Chinese people that see you and they'll be like, that's not great. Or like, obviously in America, no white American thinks anyone, any Asian person is American, but like, like, but that's that in itself, that abstract feeling is like who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And and so it's, it's like, and it's and it's it's actually, you know, it's like instead of thinking uh, instead of thinking about it as like a, a negative thing, like now nah, I just think it's like that that's dope. Yeah. You know, like that's dope. <laughs> like you know, like back in the day I was like, yeah, man, like exactly. am I really Chinese am I American? Like, fuck it. Like I've had both perspectives. I'm grateful as hell. I'm lucky as hell that my mom worked so hard and like, you know, got me both perspectives, you know, like um but you know I another agree. another thing that that's specific to hip hop and that made me th- that that triggered a lot of thinking was also like you know as we step into a m- ever more awareing a m- more awareness you know like mm-hmm. um you know I think we we weren't thinking about this growing up even though we were also like living in America as Asian Americans we weren't thinking about this like in this level when we were in high school or even in college you know like right. mm. I feel like for me even personally like you know, I touched on it in my songs, but that wasn't until the last four or five years, really. You know, like mm-hmm. prior to that, like I never, we never, I don't know, like I don't even remember like May being like a Pacific 
Islanders Asian thing like up until like last four or five years ago. You know, all of a sudden, right. all of these things are happening, and and so like one thing that you know specific to hip hop is like realizing oh no matter how many chinese instruments i add to this no matter how much mm-hmm. chinese i speak on this no matter how chinese i am this is still a black form of expression a black mm-hmm. form of art and me yeah. exoticizing myself I'd be like this is chinese hip hop this is blah blah it's like if a black mm-hmm. person started doing martial arts it's like this is that black shaolin you know like and it's like mm-hmm. and it's just not it and it's like we're just i'm chinese participating in a black art form and and a, and so a lot of things like that you know like kind of like slow down my productivity because i'm like what am i really doing like what is the what 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 comes after hip-hop right i'm like yeah. okay maybe maybe hip-hop for the asian american community or the asian community abroad is a way for people to be like look we're doing dope shit too but how do we actually spread our own culture because it's not hip-hop you know what mm-hmm. i mean like so to me in a sense and i start thinking back wow bruce lee like Jackie Chan, like Jelly, these guys were really spreading Asian culture, like Chinese culture, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. but because it's so corny to us, because that's the only cool thing that's been happening in the States for all these years. So it's corny to mm-hmm. um, martial arts, of course, Chinese, of course, you know, but yeah, we're the only ones that's got it like that, you know, like, and it's like, right. like, I have to learn to be proud of, be, be proud of things that I've taught myself that it wasn't cool anymore by being in America right. for so long, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <clears throat> like yeah, for the longest yeah. time I didn't tell people I did seven years of martial arts because I was like I don't want people to be like oh you're Chinese you did martial arts haha you know what I mean like but now I'm like fuck yeah dude I'm a black belt you know I'm proud of that shit now you know like I did lion dance I'm proud of it but, but in high school and college I didn't want kids to find that out because that was like embarrassing you know like yeah so. oh my god <laughs> that's, that's interesting. so interesting and so true and I like that you did bring up how hip hop we all have to acknowledge that it is like a black art form and we have yeah. to give it its proper respect. And, you know, cause I've seen how the rise of hip hop, especially in China, cause you have mm. like in the mainstream, I've heard about Chinese rappers like higher brothers and you know, mm-hmm. there's 88 rising. They're doing like a lot of stuff out in China and mm-hmm. you know, it's crossed my mind and I've read articles on this too, where like they have been scrutinized and I think, it's it's warranted because they're profiting, but I don't know what they're like mm. in, in the wake of the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm wondering, like, what have they really done to, like, pay retribution, you know? And right. yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to. Um, so the song that I was talking about before we started recording was Unconditional because I was. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was listening to that and I was like, I was listening to the lyrics and, you know, like you are known for like this very narrative style and i was like listening to it and i don't know if this is fair for me to say but i feel like a lot of asian men have not not only asian men but like there are a lot of asians who have this you know anti-black racist like not very it's sometimes very subtle it is sometimes very out in the open you know especially if you see asian online communities Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the lyrics of that song and I was just like, oh, like this is just completely just so, I'm sorry to use this word, but like woke. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is exactly just like 100% agree with the politics in that song. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, like you do have like this very deep understanding of the issues in America, you know, surrounding black Americans. 
I, I don't know if this sounds, I, I'm not trying to like judge other Asians, but I'm like, I feel like your understanding is like the fact that it surprised me. I feel mm. like it's me probably being like racist against other Asians, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like Asians no, no. are all racist. <laughs> like, but you know, like when I listen no. to the lyrics, I was like, we're like, yeah. where, you know, like all of that understanding, like, where do you think that comes from? Um, no, that's not a dumb question at all. I mean, like, it's my two of my best friends and my roommates that I lived with for the last seven years. They're black, and they've come mm-hmm. with me to China and to tour five times. They've stayed with my wow. family in China. Um, you know, like, and we've had numerous amount of conversations over the years. Of, you know, about the just the fact that minorities. In general, we all share the same stories. We all share the same struggles and pains, but we never really have the ability to understand each other because of the culture and language barriers. But me and my friends were talking about how lucky we are that we are able to see that because we do music together, because we're able to speak that same language. And um, it's just a bond that I've had, you know, that's affected me, that's kind of made me the person that I am. And um, it's... The understanding just comes from really, I'll say more so, just like being around uh, people of different cultures. And I think that a lot of the things that you're referring to, which I also see a lot of the anti-black remarks and since um, feelings out there, I feel like these a lot of these people they either never really had a full-on experience, a real experience, a real conversation with a black person or with someone with a com- different culture, or they just never had the opportunity to do that um you know like for example like my aunt in china when i told her you know uh, I, i'm going to school in new york oh yeah i'm living in brooklyn she's like oh i heard that's the hay industry that's the black people area uh, mm. you know make sure you're safe blah blah blah, mm. blah and she doesn't know anything about black people except whatever drifts over into the media you know so right. when when my when ralph and zach uh ralph is like 6'3 260 <laughs> pounds you know what i mean he's like haitian he's dark you know what i mean yeah. like, mm-hmm. afro like um and you know and when we went to Chengdu, he was crashing on the couch and zach was crashing on the ground and you know my aunt was waking up every day and making them breakfast and she's like oh my god black people are like so nice like you know like and then now mm-hmm. like she calls him raf because she can't say ralph <laughs> and calls him zach uh, zaka you know and like and she asks about them all the time now you know and that's like to me that was like the uh, such a clear example of just like somebody who didn't know anything about something and mm-hmm. obviously have negative connotation for him because everyone in the world talks negatively about this group of people um mm. and then and then she has a real life experience meeting too and then that she, and then her mind is like oh my god like what like just fucking mind fucked you know like mm-hmm. so i feel like you know yeah it's a damn shame that there's a lot of people like you know that look like us but feel completely differently mm. um and i just think you know like it's like yeah it's it's unfortunate for them you know because we're for, for people like us, yeah. we have, you know, people, friends in all different cultures. We get to experience their culture through them, you know, hanging out with yeah. them. And that's like, mm-hmm. that's made us more full. Yeah. That also wow. reminds me of like people, you know, like when people say, oh, like East Asians are racist. I'm like, bro, yes. But, you know, I'm from Korea and like Korean people have, most of them have like never, ever seen a black person in real life. And like, not that that excuses anything, but I'm like, it's a, it's 
their ignorance is coming from a different place than like, yeah. you know, someone right. that lives in America and is right. racist, you know? Like, there's no bad intention right, right. behind them saying something, you yeah. know, like versus someone here saying something. But, yeah. but cool, you know, cool. honestly, uh, Yami, like, I'm glad you brought that song, song up because that, you know, that was right mm-hmm. Uh, during the midst of last year, when the middle of all the craziness in Empire, who uh, I was putting out music with, um, and they had hit up a bunch of artists in the Asian community to um, put together this compilation that's called Voices for Change. So that was actually a, a, mm-hmm. a single song out of that compilation. So for people listening, go listen to that song, Voices of Change by Empire. All the streaming royalties goes towards ACLA. It's called Voices for Change by Empire. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And the song is so good, oh, the too. the called Unconditional. And another thing that you mentioned earlier, which I loved, is kind of this examination of what it means to be cool, I guess. And mm. against, especially in the backdrop of being Asian and like what are <clears throat> aspects of being Asian and how we interpret that and embrace it. Because similar to you, like Bruce Lee, that whole thing, when I was growing up in America, I also kind of didn't fuck with him at all because right. everyone mm-hmm. would make fun of me and tease me like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, whatever the fuck. And it wasn't until <clears throat> recently that I started watching like interviews with Bruce Lee and getting familiar with his work. And I was so quick to dismiss him. And like, I didn't want him to be the mascot mm. for the Asian experience because it felt right. too on the nose. It was too right. obvious. It makes it whack. But Bruce Lee, he's really, really intelligent. He is a, he drops, he had so much wisdom that was just ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Like even before woke was even be a thing, yeah. he was doing that. He was mm-hmm. never, being a culture vulture and throwing our culture under the bus. He was Uh always celebrating Asian culture and using his platform in a way to move our like identity group forward. And like, I get a little bit, uh, a little sad for myself at times because I'm like, that's just like weird white American propaganda that I just accepted for so long for me to just like ignore Asian icons like that who who have been doing the work, you know, right. and who who mm-hmm. were like challenging the stereotypes way before we were even born. In a in a time that was in a time where it was even like absurdly harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it's totally different. He got a white ass <laughs> wife back then. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. I'm just kidding. Sorry. You know what he was doing. He was infiltrating. He was infiltrating. <laughs> he was disseminating. He knew what he was um, doing. No, I yeah, I totally agree. Like the the weird thing is if you watch interviews, he's an exceptional human being. He's exceptionally yeah. bright. Same yeah. thing with Jackie Chan. And yeah. so talented, but like if you never looked into him, you, what you pick up from society is that he's like a corny, like China, China oh! you know, like, yeah, like, oh, like, karate, like that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else that reminds yeah. me of is um, Malcolm X. Cause I never, you know, mm. like just, I just picked up like peripherally information about him as a child. Sure. And the yeah. information I picked up about him was that he's like a violent, like, like a shitty, angry, like kind of like, criminal like not like as smart as Martin Luther King guy you yeah, know? yeah yeah like yeah. a hot tempered not as mm-hmm. good as Martin Luther King and then I like when I mm-hmm. you know like as an adult when I read about him and like I listened to his like him talking I was like this is an exceptional 
a brilliant man and how fucking weird is it that the info that I picked up about him is this weird racist caricature do you know what I mean right yeah 100% I mean it's like you said it's the white narrative so like you know it's like one thing that uh, me and like a couple of my close friends, when we talk about stuff like this, we just mm-hmm. smoke and just get real into it. You know, like, <laughs> one something we talked about like this is like you know, and one thing that is like until you know, it's like until Hollywood puts a leading Asian man fucking a leading a, a white woman, you know, like we're not there yet. You know, that's 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 like after a lot of conversation, that's like the. the the epiphany that we boil down to. Oh you know, my god! Like, sort of <laughs> but like, but like, in a sense, you're in a sense, like, you know, what I'm saying, there's something to be said about that. It's like, yeah, like Hollywood, you know, displaying that, you know, uh, uh, Asian and leading role because we have like what, like a, a, a crazy rich Asian and leading Asian role, but it's leading mm-hmm. leading Asian uh, male and, and female. Yeah. You know, right. like. Yeah. Um, like the closest thing I can think of is Harold and Kumar when Harold had sex with that kind of cute Spanish looking girl. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, That's the closest um, we ever got. But honestly, yeah. I used to I used to have that same mindset. And now it's kind of sad. What would be even more progress than just seeing like a leading Asian guy having sex with a white woman is just to see a leading Asian guy having sex with an Asian woman on screen. Right. In America. Like absolutely, that's, that's badass. Just, that's or having badass. sex, period, because it's like there's yeah. no place for that. <laughs> but, but like, so, so, so then, so then, like that, then that point led to us thinking, like, okay, so who controls the narrative, right? So mm-hmm. it's great that there's so many, you know, for people listening, you know, the conversation didn't end that, like, okay, that's that's it, the solution is Asian man fucking a white woman on screen, we got it. So you know, so we, so like, continuing with that thought, we were like, all right, so it's great that. You know, there's kids that are inspired to be in front of the camera, to be rappers, actors, whatever it is, to race our profile and to show people that we are amazing and creating and we have things to add to the culture and to the conversation. But there needs to be just as many people that are inspired to be like, you know what, I want to be a movie director. I need to be Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. I want to hold the key because... It took a long time. It was black people was not are not talented, but it took them a long time to win a Grammy. It took them a long time yeah, to win yeah. an Oscar because they needed the key holders to the also key holders. be right. to be like them. You know, yeah. so for us the same way, like for like Asian, you know, people like we need to we need to understand like you know we need we need people in all positions before things can really you know take off. That's- that's right. such a good point. I just want to like point out because now, now I'm like so concerned about like the people that I think there's like I think there's like people that think of doing like seeing the white woman as like a prize as problematic. But yeah. I just want to point out that that is a metric that was set up by white men. Like we didn't yeah. invent that. We yeah, didn't and, say, and not, hey, number one, white yeah. women. Like they're the ones that were like, if you're the best, you get to fuck a white woman. Like they're the ones that came up with that. Yeah, exactly, right. so, exactly. It's it's we're not we're not out here saying like, yo, white women is the, is the <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's yeah, so you that, told me. Yeah. You said that. So it's now just, I think that like, white men. You know, white yeah. white people consider every other thing dirty. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. like when, if 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 they put if they if if some, you know if if they if you see a you know a contrast like that, at least that's like all right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, also, yeah. 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 Also, I just want to point out that even though Asian women have been sexualized, obviously, in this country, until very recently, 
you never saw them kissing a white man on screen. Mm. Like that was like a no, no. Mm. And like to the point where like back in the old days, like even, you know, I always talk about anime Wong on here, but like there was like, she could never kiss the guy. So it would be like this weird, like feeling throughout the movie. Like people are like, are, are they, are they like, like are they attracted to each other? Balls, like, God, yeah. is this going to happen? And, she, like, and then like, they would like, right before they would kiss, you would like fall off the building or something, you know, like that would always, have, like, cause they said legal back in the day, legally, you couldn't have interracial Damn. kissing. Right. So that's I just want to point out that that's like, even for, you know, like even for like, I'm sure that there's been at least one of these, but have you ever even seen like a black woman being kissed by a white man, except for who was her name in the scandal? <laughs> <laughs> but like even that's like super like people are like what you know yeah in yeah. this day and yeah, age people you. are still weirded out by that so damn yeah. it's well, complicated <laughs> bohan thanks for lending your insights and being so open with us thus far and before we let you go this is a question we like to ask all of our guests and that is what is something that you're proud of <clears throat> um what is something that i'm proud of oh man uh, you know, I'm proud of, I'm proud of the fact that I can just keep, um, waking up and, 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 and doing what I love to do, because that's honestly, um, something that gets harder and harder, um, as you, as you, as you get older, I think, you know, um, yeah, I think that's something I'm proud of, you know, sometimes I think about, uh, the, all the, all the politics and music and I'm like, oh, I'd love to just make music in my basement and I put it out and just jam with the homies. But then I'm like, but how do I make money? You know, like, so <laughs> that's, 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 that's like a real thing. You know, you wake up because like, I used to be like, oh, I have all this flexibility, you know, being able to <clears throat> do music whenever I want, blah, 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 blah. You know, then I realized, oh no, my flexibility doesn't exist because I have to keep going at all times. Whereas my friends who I used to like be like, oh, they do nine to five. I'm like, but when they done, they done. Like when they right. weekend is weekend, you know. Like when they off work, they off work. Like I'm like just neurotically in bed. Like oh wait, I got this. I need to do tomorrow. Like uh, <laughs> you know, like so. And I'm proud of the fact that I can keep doing what I do. But that's also saying a lot about the people around me and all the great support that I have. And um, so yeah, I'm just you know like you said, grateful for all of that. Oh, thank you, Bohan. Appreciate you guys for having me as well. Such yeah. a great interview. This is yeah, so interesting. Oh, I just man. feel like this is, you're so interesting. And I also just want to point out that you have like the best vibes. Oh, have people man. ever I told you that? I'll kick it. <laughs> you have like the most yeah, positive I vibes. It. I feel like you're very, obviously very intelligent and very talented, but I feel like, you know, like when someone has good vibes, it's like something that. Well, yeah, it's got to go both ways. So that's the thing. So it's obviously, great. you know what I'm saying? Like it's you guys infectious. are incredible too. You guys are incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Thank this. you. Yeah. And for our listeners out there, where can they <clears throat> learn a little bit more about you and listen to your work? Yeah, so this is Bohan Phoenix, B-O-H-A-N, Phoenix, like Arizona, across uh, pretty much all platforms. And uh, I got my first album coming out this year and everything, you know, have been EPs, but this is like a full length 10 song album. So I'm super excited. And uh, yeah. And what about you, young me? Oh, um, <laughs> you can find me at YM Mayor on Instagram and Twitter and I, my TikTok, Young Me Mayor. And how about you, Brian? You guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park and uh, follow our <laughs> Feeling Asian TikTok and our Feeling Asian podcast at Feeling Asian Podcast. 
And if you're looking for a sound engineer, you can hit up Sarah Pack. Her Instagram is at I M underscore P A K T. That's at Impact. And uh, yeah, Don't. if you guys like our content, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And yeah, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.